This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Kangaroo Fern production. Yeah, yeah. So you need to have clarity around your product and service. You need to have clarity around who is your ideal customer. And look, a lot of the time we feel or we know that our product or service can solve a problem for anyone, right? You know, anybody might be able to use a pen, but not everybody might want to buy a pen from me. And not everybody is going to go down the same channels to purchase this particular pen. So we really need to think about who can I be of greatest value to? Who could my products be of greatest value to? And then really connect with those people. Because if we're thinking about... um marketing and building our business, even though we might be able to solve a problem for everybody, it's really hard to market to everybody. The Tribe Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, which is all about supporting you to start and build a thriving business. Tribe Podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. Anna Oshirov is an event marketing expert working with visionary leaders to create industry influencer through power of live events. Armed with a Bachelor of Communication from Monash University, expertise in event marketing and 14 years experience working directly with business owners. And she is the CEO and founder of Holistic Business Hub, Flint and AnnaShirov.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Please welcome to the Tribe Podcast under Ospod Syndicate, Anna. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for your time. So can you tell us about a little bit about you, how you started your business? I know you was you were you was born you were born in Ukraine and on eight years your parents went to Australia. Can you tell us more about yeah. it? Yeah. Definitely. So we left the former USSR, which is now Ukraine, on a humanitarian refugee visa as uh, Jewish migrants. We actually immigrated to Australia via a long um, immigration process through Italy and then arrived in Australia with my mum and my dad after about seven months. Um, And we landed here with no English language skills whatsoever. So I grew up in Australia primarily. I um, went to primary school, high school, and then completed a Bachelor of Communications at university. Um, Being born overseas and having my family come over meant that I was the first person in my family to learn how to speak English. And I became the translator for my whole family, essentially becoming the communicator. And I think that's partly why I decided to complete a Bachelor of Communications at university because learning how to communicate in between two individuals is really a gift that we have in marketing, right? 
So understanding what one person is trying to say to the other and vice versa is really the core of communications and the core of marketing, being able to understand what the customer wants and the seller is selling is really the crux of it all. So I guess the idea or the um, training for marketing and communications began really early when my grandma used to take me to the shop with her and say, uh, Anna, can you please ask this person that I would like this type of meat or this type of bread or this type of um, dessert? And um, I was the person that would stand in the middle and communicate between them. So I think that's where it all began. So being a migrant as well, coming to Australia, how hard is that to to study and get a job while you're starting it? Uh, that's a good question. For me, I came here quite early, so I was nine years old. So I really did go through the process of primary school and high school. But what I realized looking back is that my initial desire was just to fit in, to integrate, to assimilate, to make friends, to, you know, become popular, etc. And so I found that through high school uh, and through primary school, my immediate goals weren't in academics. My immediate goals were in really making friends, building relationships, building a network. And I guess it wasn't until right at the very end when I hit year 12 that I realized, oh, I really need to do something about getting into university. And I was very lucky to get into the number one course that I applied for, which happened to be a Bachelor of Communications. And it was a double awards program, actually. It was a Bachelor of Comms and um, a diploma in IT. And I was very lucky. It was the first year that they'd run this particular course at Monash University. And so I think the enter score was lower than it is now for a communications degree. And so I was very lucky to get enough points at the end of year 12 to get into a bachelor of comms and sort of go through university and end up with a degree and probably one of the top needed um, experiences or top needed um, professions in the world today. So on your website, I just want to read this for you and I would love to explain why you said this. So I want to inspire people I want you to see me and think with your support, I can succeed. Can you elaborate that? Why are you saying this? Yeah, that's that's very much a personal vision for myself. Uh, it's what helps me get out of bed in the morning. It's what spurs me on to really get myself out there to be visible, to create content, to share value, to support um my students to really engage people and be able to uh, empower and inspire them to be the best possible person that they can be. And we know that the best way to inspire someone is by lead by example. And so I really look at my life and think about how can I support the growth in others, not just through the professional, so marketing, communications, content, but also around uh, sharing my journey from a fitness perspective or sharing some books, podcasts, blogs that might be of value, of interest, um, really being able to, I guess, empower others and communicate on a very authentic level. So if I'm if I'm experiencing insecurity, imposter syndrome, mental, uh, I guess, thoughts that get in the way of my being able to get to where I want to be, I will share those thoughts and ideas. I'll share some of the techniques and skills that I've learned to be able to get through that because I really 
do feel a lot more motivated when I'm able to support those that support others so that together we can make a better, bigger difference. So you are an event expert and as well as marketing expert. So right now, you know what's happening? There's a pandemic, there's a lockdown. How hard for you to, to do your work as event um, specialist? So how would you, is there a, a challenge to you right now on, on your business? Because most of them now is online, um, webinar, online seminar. So how do you adapt this? Yeah, look, through, through as, as COVID started, I did have the Holistic Business Hub, which was a boutique business event venue, an in-person event. But my role in that space was to teach people how to market and build their brand using events as a channel. And so when I had to close the venue, I just made a complete shift to online events. The possibility and opportunity that technology provides for us, uh, globalization, the possibility of being able to connect with a wider audience has not changed. It's actually opened up the world to a much broader audience. And so if we're thinking about event marketing, so how can we really build our personal brand, our business brand? How can we reach a wider audience? How can we shift from a one-to-one to one-to-many perspective? All of the strategies that we need to implement for an in-person event are the same as what we need to implement for an online event. It's just around really learning how to use the technology that has been developed, that has increased. You know, we've actually grown. We had a five-year leap in the adoption of digital technology for businesses and individuals in eight weeks. So when COVID first started and we all had to fumble to learn how to communicate with each other digitally, that digital adoption um, leaped for five in five for five years in just eight weeks. And so really my business just had to shift a little bit and think about how can we now utilize the same principles of an in-person workshop, seminar, webinar, or online to shift to an online event. And so I just really shifted positioning on that and started to support people who are looking to build and grow their business through online events. So I'm just very curious about you saying taking a visionary leaders from unknown mm-hmm. to industry mm-hmm. influencer through the mm-hmm. power of live events. How how, yeah. how you do that? Yeah, so it's really a journey. That influencer, industry influencer really is a journey. So we all start in the space of unknown. So we have some form of idea. We want to make a difference within our industry. We have our expertise. We have our solid knowledge. We have solid understanding of our products and our services. And now we want to start to go from that, you know, word of mouth, one-to-one consultancy model or sales sales model to you know, really being able to influence that industry by engaging multiple people, by being able to share our content more extensively, by being able to be more visible. And so it really becomes a journey where we all start within the space of unknown, where nobody really has heard of us. We just have really solid understanding of who we are and what we do. Then we go into a testing phase. So we start to test our content, test our material, test our audience, and really be able to understand how we can engage and implement an event. So a webinar, a seminar, a um, program, a workshop, how can we start to take the knowledge that we have and put it into a 
program of some description that's going to be able to reach a wider audience. And so we sit in the testing phase. Once we've been able to identify what is the best content for us to share, who is the best audience for us to work with, what types of products and services resonate with those audience, then we start to experiment with things like when is the best time? What is the best length of time for us to deliver our content? Where do we want to deliver our content? Do we do Australia? Do we start to expand globally? And once we've experimented and we really have a solid understanding of who we are, what we do, who we work with, what services or products we offer them, then we go into a recognised stage. And when we are sitting within recognised, what that really means is that your ideal audience and you've got a warm market and they know who you are. So it starts to reduce the amount of hustle that we need to implement into becoming more of that influencer. And then the next step from that is to influence your industry. And so some of the greatest industry influence might be Brene, Brene Brown or Tony Robbins, but we've got really great you know, influencers within, say, Melbourne, somebody who like, like, say, Natasha Denman, who's been running the ultimate 48-hour author, the majority of, you know, Melbourne business owners would have an idea, especially in the service industry, would have an idea of who she is. And if we look at the model that each of these industry influencers take, it is very much that model of, you know, using email marketing, using social media, using events to be able to build and sell their product. And their products are then either, you know, your motivation and motivational speeches like that might be from Tony Robbins or programs that lead into real personal development or, you know, shows like Oprah Winfrey will do who will, you know, talk to many people en masse and then become an influencer for others. So it's really around being able to utilise that positioning of using events or an event marketing strategy implemented into our business models to start to build our influence in the niche that we have chosen for ourselves. Thank you for that. So for our listeners, also our um, audience who is trying to start their own entrepreneurial journey or starting to have kick off their uh, business, um, being a business owner, the first thing is how you build your strong online reputation so that it will go into a good brand. So how would you build it as a new owner, as a new business owner? How to build yeah. a strong online reputation? So we start with the fundamentals, right? If we think about any form of marketing fundamentals, we really need to understand our product service. So really being able to articulate what problem it solves, who it solves that problem for, being able to very clearly identify what you're selling. So what is that product or service that you're selling? Then being able to identify who is your ideal customer, understand who they are, where they spend their time, how to communicate with them, and really doing all of that ground research to have some idea of where we want to go because until such time that we have those foundations it's really difficult to start to build and grow and so once we've identified our products and services that we are selling we've identified what problems they solve we've identified our customer we've really been able to understand where that customer is and what it is that they want we can then create content that's going to 
be of value to our customer and it's about our product and service and about the problems that they solve. So you really start to become that translator or that communicator, just like I was for my grandma, where her problem was that she was not able to communicate the type of, say, deli meat that she wanted to the person who was behind the counter because she wasn't able to speak the language. So for her, she had to have clarity over what she wanted. She had to be able to explain that to me. I had to understand her and then be able to tell the person who's selling it what it is that she wants. The person who's selling it had to have the product. So essentially, I was solving my grandma's problem because she was not able to communicate. But the shop assistant was um, also um, was also solving a problem because he had the product. So it's really around then being able to understand how can we use the right type of communication that's going to bring value to our ideal customer, solving their problems and essentially leading them down the best possible path in order to engage with your product and service and solve their own problem through utilizing your products or services. You're listening to Tribe Podcast under Allsports Syndicate with our guests, Anne Osherob. We'll be right back. Make your content accessible and exclusive to deaf community. Deaf and Third Training Services provided sign language interpretation for your vlog, podcasts, webinars, and other online content. Visit their website at deafandthirp.com. For an exclusive offer for our listener, go to deafandthirp.com and use the promo code HUMANISTA during checkout to get 10% discount on the training. For an exclusive offer for our listeners and watching this video, go to bit.ly slash deafenterp or bit.ly slash d-e-a-f-a-n-d-t-e-r-p and use the promo code HUMANISTA during checkout to get 10% discount. Our listeners get 10% discount on Filipino Sign Language Rookie Class by using the promo code HUMANISTA. Connect with your fans faster. ConvertKit helps you find your audience, turn them into true fans and earn a living as a creator with our audience building and email marketing software. Social video generate 1,200% more share than text and image content combined. Check Headliners makes podcast marketing easy as one, two, three. Create unlimited podcasts for one monthly price. Invite team member, see your podcast stats, and distribute to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Check them out at transistor.fm. Thanks so much for listening to and supporting the show. We spend a ton of time creating it. Please do consider supporting those who support us. We put all the deals, all the discount codes, everything all in one place. AustralianPodcastSyndicate.com slash partners is where you can find that. AustralianPodcastSyndicate.com slash partners. Again, do consider supporting those who support this show. This show is created in association with Kangaroo Firm Media Lab, Australia's independent podcast management agency. And now, back to... Anna Oshirov on Tribe Podcast under Ospod Syndicate. So you're saying you have to have you have to have a passion and you need to research your product or your business so that they, they can resolve whatever the problem is. Yeah, yeah. So you need to have clarity around your product and service. You need to have clarity around who is your ideal customer. And look. 
a lot of the time we feel or we know that our product or service can solve a problem for anyone, right? You know, anybody might be able to use a pen, but not everybody might want to buy a pen from me. And not everybody is going to go down the same channels to purchase this particular pen. So we really need to think about who can I be of greatest value to? Who could my products be of greatest value to? And then really connect with those people. Because if we're thinking about um, marketing and building our business, even though we might be able to solve a problem for everybody, it's really hard to market to everybody. You know, it, we, we can't really take on the spray and pray approach and market to everybody. So we really need to understand who do we want to work with? Who's going to bring us joy as our customer? Because it's going to be a two-way street and there's going to be an exchange of value. You know, that person is giving you money, you're giving them value and you need to connect on a level that's going to be pleasant for both of you in order for you to successfully continue to build and grow a business because if you're not enjoying your customers and they're not enjoying your service, it's going to go downhill very, very quickly. You need to know your customer avatar and niching down. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And really niching down into what makes you happy. Just think about who you personally like to work with. Okay, thank you for that. So I know you've been successful doing your business and being a woman entrepreneurs, do you experience challenges when you're starting up? To be honest, I probably experienced more challenges as I've um, grown and opened, I guess, started new businesses. So I position myself as a consultant. So I work with multiple different um, individuals, organizations, teams, fund programs as an event marketing and marketing consultant. But we've recently formed a new company called Flint, Flint with a double T, .com.au. And the whole purpose of this project is to uh, really support people to build their brand reputation revenue through automated marketing. It's essentially a simple process that enables a business owner, an entrepreneur, or even a team leader or a C-suite exec to utilize, to, to fill out a single content form, which will then be repurposed to send out social media and email marketing instantly. And the whole purpose of this is to really support that um, personal brand reputation and revenue and make it simple for people who currently struggle with doing any form of social media and email marketing. And even though we know it's really, really important, sometimes the idea of creating content can be overwhelming. So the whole purpose of Flint is to make it a really simple single step process in order to be able to push out your content across email and social uh, media. But in setting up our startup, I've got a team together. We've got, you know, a team of four co-founders and the developer and every single other person on my team is male. And being in that space, I have definitely found it a bit more challenging as the CEO to be able to, you know, stand in my certainty and my power, to be the visionary within the company, but still be able to communicate in a way that I can listen to my team and they can listen to me and um, not get stuck in the, you know, emotional roller coaster that can be, uh, that can be business. Um, and also I found that when speaking to, you know, potential customers or even speaking to um, for people within our network. I've literally have stopped in a co-working space and I was there with my um, business partner and co-founder and 
a guy that we both knew stopped us and the guy said to me, Anna, um, it would be really good for us to have a chat. And I said, oh, yeah, that would be great. And the guy said, just make sure that Paul's paying you for that time. And I kind of looked at this guy and went, I'm not employed by Paul. He's not my boss. He doesn't pay me. And, you know, it was so it was so confronting in that moment to realize that no matter what work you've done, and, you know, I'm the highest shareholder within our company because the whole company was my vision and my idea and I brought the whole team together. And yet still people will look at you when you're standing next to your, you know, business partner and assume that that person is your boss. So that was a very um, confronting thought and idea. And I've been asked also, you know, when I speak about our company, we've had um, interviews with potential partnerships and potential um, contractors. And I've literally been asked, is this your company? I'm like, well, yes, that's why you and I are having this conversation. So it definitely does pose its challenges. And what's interesting is I didn't actually experience those challenges until such time that I stepped out from being um, an, a solopreneur to really building a startup and a team around myself. Thank you so much. We're opposite. Some of my team is all, all women. <laughs> so they're, they're very good. And most of them are mummies. So mom. Mm. So mm. in relation with that, what is your advice to mommies or mom who is thinking to get started their own business. I know it's very challenging as a women entrepreneurs right now. They still were trying to do a gap between the on, on the gender gap. So what is your advice for them to do need to start up or yeah. make the I don't know if I'm the I'm not the best person to give advice to mums because I'm not a mum. But um from the perspective of um you know women starting in business I think it's just around being very under like allowing yourself to get out of your own way um women have a tendency of getting in their way a lot more than what men do there's been studies showing that when a man looks at a job description and thinks oh I can do about 50% of this I should definitely apply for this job and if a woman looks at a description and she thinks oh I can only do about 90% of this work I'm probably not good enough and there's been studies that have um, you know shown this and so I think us as women we tend to get in our own way we face imposter syndrome we think that we're not good enough and then it's if we're starting from that standpoint, it makes it really difficult to then stand in our own confidence and in our own certainty. And I think the other part is that in my experience, business never grows as quickly as we think it will. There's very few, there are very few entrepreneurs that I have met who, you know, successfully built and grew their business within a year. Most people I have met, especially if you're starting out and you don't have a clarity of pathway, so you, like, you haven't seen somebody go before you and show you the way to do it. So if you're not in a trade or if you're not, you know, within um, hairdressing or you're not a plumber or you don't have that clarity, I've found that it takes, you know, at least two to three years to start to build a foundation where you have clarity over your product and your service, you have clarity over your pricing, you've got an understanding of a business model that's going to work for you. And I think that um, 
just being very aware that it's going to take time and allowing yourself to take that time is really um, important. Do you agree to have a mentor when you're starting up your business? Yeah, I 100% agree to having a mentor when we're starting out our business. Um, my experiences with mentors have both been positive and negative. So it's really in, in searching for that person, we really need to make sure that, I don't know, for me, it's really listen to your gut instinct about that person. Um, see if you can invest in some, I guess, lower end products with, it, with, with that mentor or maybe start off on like a very short mentoring um, program and just still have clarity over your own vision and your own ideas. And people don't necessarily understand your passion. So I have another side business, which is a food delivery business. It is a um, contracting business. It's almost a passive income for me. But the revenue within that business is probably or was higher for a long time than what the revenue was in my like consultancy business. And so in working with um, business mentors, a lot of the time their recommendation would be to build up the passive business because that has the opportunity to, in the short term, bring in more revenue. And yet my building that would take me away from what's actually important to me, you know, the passion, the vision and what I actually enjoy doing. So just making sure that if we are investing in a mentor, which can be done through a one-on-one business uh, business coach, or it can be through, you know, participating and working uh, or working with or um, engaging in other organizations. I worked um, with the Speakers Institute and led the Speakers Tribe. And, you know, Sam Cawthon has been a great mentor for me when it comes to both um, being able to communicate as a speaker and also watching how a business grows. And you can find mentors everywhere. My gym, um, I was with Ultimate You Fitness. And when I first quit my job, I actually went and had a one-on-one meeting with our um, with the guy that started the gym, Andy Anderson, who also had studied life coaching. And we had a really great one-on-one session. And he was actually a catalyst for me to quit my job and start working for myself. I was on a business retreat and I was we were out one night and I was talking about starting a business. And Andy said to me, Anna, I'm not recommending this, but if you really want to start your own business, quit your job because it'll get your hustle on. And when he said this, we were on a retreat in Bali and I thought, this is not going to do that. And literally I returned from our trip to Bali and within two weeks I'd quit my job and went off and started um, consulting and I haven't looked back since. And I went to see Andy to give me some of that initial um, mentoring and coaching into how can I go and start my business? What do I enjoy doing? What don't I enjoy doing? So mentors can be found in all different areas of our lives. And yeah, I definitely agree with being able to source and find somebody that's going to help you grow and um, push through those barriers and be accountable to. Thank you so much. So let's go back to the issue with the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, how would you, on, on your experience, how would you resolve this or take over? Or because, you know, some, some of us, we know our profession, we know our expertise, 
But when the imposter syndrome kicked in, something happened <laughs> to us. Yeah. So how would you overcome that as, as a business owner and entrepreneurs? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I find that things that help for me personally is to sometimes stop, walk away, take a breath, and come back to it. So especially um, when we are, let's just say we need to write our bio or we need to apply for a particular contract or we want to um, launch into a different market. I find that in that time, we start to have to either create or write or speak about our own accolades and our own achievements. And I think in that space, one thing is I find is to write down the facts, just the facts, um, what is truth. And then if you were starting to feel uncomfortable about that, walk away and come back. Um, ask somebody else to um, give you your own business bio back. So ask people, what is it that you think of me? What is it that I have done that you think would make me the best sort of candidate for this or the best person to share my content and then listen to what that person is saying and actively listen rather than listening with a preconceived idea of why it is that they are wrong. Um, other things that really help is, you know, the simple things like exercise helps. Go for a walk. Um, do some breathing exercises. Increase your energy levels. Go and speak to somebody who is a really great advocate for you. Go and think about some of the successes rather than the failures that you've had. And if you're thinking about the failures, think about, well, what have those failures provided me that I am now able to implement back into my business? How have I grown from the failures that I've experienced? Um, you know, I think a lot of people, and it is more women, do experience that imposter syndrome. But really, on the one side, it's, I feel like an imposter. And on the other side is I'm actually going to succeed or make a difference. Yeah? So think about your why. Um, for me, when I when, when you ask me, you know, I want to inspire people, like I can't inspire people when I'm feeling imposter syndrome. I can't inspire people when I'm feeling self-conscious. So go back to your why and what is it that you want to achieve and why you're working towards that and then start from that space. And if you're having a bad day, then just let yourself have a bad day. Just go and wallow for a little bit. If you've got that opportunity, go and do that. Allow yourself to be sad for a day and then get up the next day and do all the things that you know make you feel better. Whether that is, you know, pampering yourself, whether that is doing exercise, whether that is, you know, speaking to some really cool people or going to a networking event, whatever is going to work for you. I don't know, put on makeup, put on beautiful clothes, Whatever it is that's going to work for you, just go and do that and then start the next day and just move forward. Thank you so much for that advice. So who are the three people who has been, say, the most influential to you? That's a very good question. Interestingly enough, they're all probably men, but um, from, from a business perspective, um, so the first person to ever hire me into a marketing agency who is also the first person I started a business with, um, that's Paul Moon. So we he was the first person to hire me as an account manager and a business development person into a marketing agency. And he gave me a lot of leeway and responsibility and we worked really well together. 
And then we started a business together and I lasted all of six months before he kicked me out because I just wasn't performing. But it was a real um, wake-up call for the possibility of running my own business and being able to, you know, take a step into the direction of um, putting value on your own services and products, setting up a business, um, you know, even from an admin perspective. So that was the first person to kind of made me see what was possible. And then I went into contracting for Steve Fora and Steve was the first person who helped me realize how much I enjoy facilitating and training. So Steve um, used to teach marketing to tradies for a business course. And uh, at one point he asked me to come in and uh, co-facilitate. And then he just goes, you facilitate this. And it made me realize that I'm actually very good at training and facilitating and really helping people to learn and grow so that was a really um, big shift and the other person is Sam Cawthorne who runs the Speakers Institute and the Speakers Tribe and you know um, he was another person who really saw something in me and allowed me to go and be a leader and really learn how to um, support people and be able to share value and watching and supporting the Speakers Institute grow from, you know, a company that was only Australian to a global organisation that's now growing both into the corporate and into the B2C space has been really, really inspiring. So I really love watching businesses grow and evolve and really um, just having somebody who will give you um, the confidence in yourself that you need in order to be able to grow that's from a business perspective otherwise my mum is probably one of my biggest teachers and um, confidants and that's taken a really a long time to build a beautiful relationship and she has been a really great support and her brain works very differently to mine so it's always good to have a conversation with my mum and she can always help me to reposition my thinking in the best possible way I just said, um, there's um, a quote said, mom's knows best. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we wrap up the, the podcast, if you could give advice to your 16 years old self, what would it be? If I could give advice to my 16 year old self. Yeah. If I could give advice to my 16 year old self, it would be to stop focusing on the things that you don't like about yourself and just learn to enjoy life because I feel like we miss out on so much joy in our lives when we focus on I don't like how I look, I don't like how I sound, I don't like how I feel around these people, I don't fit in. If we can let go of all of those insecurities in our minds, then we're able to really uh, enjoy the joy that life can bring for us. So my advice to my 16-year-old self would be to just let go of all of those negative um, voices and really learn to enjoy the experiences that life provides for you. All right. Thank you so much for that. So how can our listener and uh, audience who's watching in YouTube and Facebook and Vimeo to connect with you online? Best thing to do is just go to annaosherov.com or just Google my full name and whatever comes up for you, whether that's LinkedIn, whether that's my website, whether that's Facebook, just jump on and connect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Anna. And um, Thank you. 
If you have any other questions, so all the links will be on the podcast show notes. And Anna is happy to connect with you. Thank you so much. And see you to another episode of Pride Podcast under Oswald Syndicate. Thank you. Thank you for listening and watching. Make sure to visit our website at australiapodcastsyndicate.com. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook. If you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I love to chat with you over on Instagram. Follow me at The Sidestrip and join us today on Facebook. Search Rebounds Australia, where can entrepreneurs figure out how to turn their dreams into reality? Be a member supporter and get a bonus content at australiapodcastsyndicate.com slash support us. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Or maybe you already have one but need a podcast manager to help you level up. Book now at kangaroofirm.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.